I'm not even disappointed about us losing the game tonight because it's not about that. It's about you giving your all and you didn't do that tonight. LeBron, you wasn't focused. Getting your head in the game starts before you even put one foot on the court. It starts before you even get to the gym. You can't be great without putting in work, right? You got the chance to use basketball to change everything for your mom, for you, for everybody who you care about. You want that? All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Enemy of the Good podcast. I'm the captain. And I'm Tootsie. All right, we're coming to you live. Not live, but we're coming to you from our studio here at What's Your Passion in uh, Metairie, Louisiana. Um, WIP Agency and Studios. Um, it's a new podcasting, videocasting studio in the heart of Metairie. Yep. I mean, I know we've been a little, I know we've been a little quiet from the, from the um, Enemy of the Good podcast. I know we haven't had a lot of content come out in the last few weeks, but yeah, we've been we've, we've been, been doing busy. a lot more with you know trying to increase our coverage, trying to figure out some things. But here we are today, and we're going to talk to you about. Space Jam. Space Jam. And I, a little broader, you know, we're going to say this falls under, you know, our remakes, the enemy of the good. Yeah. And, all, you know, is the whole releasing the way it's done now. Yeah, we'll get we'll get some more points on that because I, I do want to touch touch base on that a little but, bit. But is this movie the enemy of the good? No, no, no. I think this is a pretty good movie. I don't think it was an enemy at all. I uh, honestly, and that's hard for me to say because I don't want to give LeBron any credit at all whatsoever. But. <laughs> Um, I I think okay. So if you look at this, I was very surprised by this movie. Right, you were going in. in a good ex- way. You were going in, in expecting it to suck, and, and that's I the was, same way I was. I too. wasn't expecting it to suck, but I was I expecting was. it to be just not as as complex and f- or just not as fun, maybe as the original. Yeah, and I I expected some preaching, honestly. Because of who's in it, yeah. I, because I feel, of because of what now is, because of the world we live in, I expected a lot more um, political messaging. You know, there, I think there, that's fair. I think I think they did it on the slick though, right? So they were, they removed Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, he wasn't in there. Yeah, um, you know, as, as we both discussed before, he is a rapey little skunk. But you at know, the same as time, as a kid, we didn't see it that he's way. He's a stinker, right? Who could have made up some funny scenes in the movie? So. But but Falcon Legman was in there, right? Was that I was surprised. That was about. huge. I, I mean, honestly, I was talking this about my friend with my friend. Uh, you know him as you know Blizzy Blaze from the uh, Championship Ringside podcast. And we were saying we were just waiting on Falcon Legman to drop a boy with LeBron around and just to see how the reaction would be. And you know, you know they did good. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't throw that it. racist I, I, rooster I, out there. You know, they kind of left him <laughs> in the back. But. See, this is crazy because you and I, we laughed at this as kids, right? We laughed at Falkhorn Langhorn. We laughed at Pepe Le Pew. You know, we didn't take it like, oh, it's okay to grab girls, right? Right. Because if you did that, you got the shit knocked yeah, out you of you. you got in trouble, yeah. Yeah. So you got, you, got, you got hit by the teachers, you got hit by the principal, and you got hit when you get home. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there was consequences yeah. to your actions. And hell, then. we're from Southern Louisiana. The girl hit you, too. Right. And that was probably worse than the rest of them. Oh, I was but, right, in the, right in the dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the movie, I thought it was just, it was very well done. Uh, the villain was fantastic. Don Cheadle did an amazing job. Yeah, knocked it out of the park. It had, it had a better villain than the first one, for sure. Now, the only way you're getting your son back is if you and I play a little game called basketball. If you win, 
you and your son can skedaddle on out here. And what if I lose? Yeah, wrinkle. If you lose, well, when you lose, you're just gonna have to stay here in the serververse with me. Forever. And ever. Ever. And ever. Yes. Yes. Okay, I'll give it that. Yes. I'll give it that. Look, I, I think the first one was better overall. Um, yeah, I, I watched and, it back and, to back. And the reason, so. and the reason on it was because they, they had the tunes. They did more with the tunes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and I feel like Space Jam was was the, the new legacy. Was more about. Was more about LeBron and LeBron his kid. And no. which is Which is fine. I mean, but. You know, it kind of took some parts out of it for me. Um, not saying it was a bad movie at all. But I mean, I like, think you're going into really it movies. and I figured, because it's a sequel, right? It's a proper sequel. Um, It is a sequel because they yeah. were like, oh, yeah, Michael Jordan. I hadn't seen him in 25 years, you know? Yeah, they kind of they kind of did some jokes on it, Um, you know, when they were going to get Lola Bunny, who they've also, you know, politi- politically corrected. You know, she's not showing any midriff anymore. Right. Um, You know, like I said, they kept it subtle. But when they went to get Lola Bunny, she's like, uh, oh, we need your help to save the world. She's like, ah, I've been there, done that, you know, kind right. of thing. And then, you know, there's a couple other jokes in, in there over the. Um... My favorite, look, honestly, my favorite is when they're down in halftime and they're like, I found somebody in the stands that can help us. You know, you guys might remember him. And then they're like, Michael. Jordan. Jordan and then Michael B. Jordan walks out, <laughs> which is great. Um, I I think they did such a good job with this, and you know they they did a little separate self deprecating in there too. You know, at the very beginning of the movie when LeBron's listen, like, guys, I'm a ball player. You know, an athlete's acting that never goes well. And you know, just I I was in I was in I was uh entertained the whole time i thought it was really good and it had some touching moments you know and, yep. and the, the messaging in the movie was you know there was two parts one is how to be a better father right and and and, and then there's also about not taking shortcuts yeah be, being a dad myself that that's the part that i caught on was um you have to let your kids be your kids you can't let you can't yeah. try to make them be you you know, because they're not going going to mold into exactly what you want them to be. You you can guide them in certain directions and you can give them instruction, but you have to let them go where they're going to go. Right. Yeah, and you can't you can't force it on. Right. And they're going to have different interests and stuff like that. And I would imagine LeBron James went through a lot of the same stuff with his actual children right. versus his movie children. You know, like. Um, but uh, it was a good messaging and it was a good film about growth and mm-hmm. about coming together as a family. And the other side of it was, you know, starting with the opening scene, like they did with the original Space Jam, where it's, where it's Michael Jordan um, learning from his father. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the first Space Jam takes place right after Jordan left for baseball. He left uh, basketball for baseball. Retired. Right, right. And he retired because his dad passed away and his dad was a baseball player uh-huh. and he wanted to go play baseball and all this stuff. So he wanted a different direction for his career. Yeah. And just like that, they start with LeBron James when he was young with his coach 
mm-hmm. um, who was a big pivotal figure in his life, in real life. Right. And, and he show him coaching his own kid on how to. How to, how to be good. Do and, that move. Yeah. And, you know, they give you the move and all that. And it's, um, it was really good though, because the messaging there was, look, you got to work for it. Nothing's easy. Nothing's going to be given to you. Can't be great without putting in work. You got to grind, whatever it is you do. So that was the lesson the son needed to learn while LeBron needed to learn as the father, how to let you, how to support your kids and let your kids do what they want to do. Right. And not necessarily always follow in your footsteps. Right. And I think those two messages were just so positive and so well delivered that I'm just, I was really happy with it. And I was like, this is great. This is a great family movie. This is great. And if anything, the politics of the real life NBA and LeBron James took away from how good this movie was. And it, it drove me away from seeing it initially. Right. And it probably did that a lot because a lot of people are, are very negative on the league right now. Yeah. Uh, for various reasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. But it was a really good movie and I want to encourage everybody to go see it. I've been trying to save my son and coach y'all at the same time. What y'all doing? We've been trying. Trying to do what? Trying to be like you. And it's not working. you're not me. You never let me just do me. Okay, I got it. New game plan. Bugs? Time to do what you guys do best. I you mean, know. look, if you have the time and you have the means, go, go check it out in the theater. Okay. Yeah. Cause, um, this, that's the next part of what we want to talk about. Like, so overall, we both liked the movie. It was a good movie. We both agree. Um, I say the first one was better. Two to the second this one, one was better. Is, the first one's just got a special place in my heart because nostalgia. The, of what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we and grew I think, up with like Jordan. you said, it's a better, it's a better film about tunes, but this is a better film about, the real life, the person. real life players, yeah, and the real life people. So, it, it just depends on how you want to look at it, right? I think this movie had a little better setup, a better villain, mm-hmm. and a little better like, oh, here's all, half the world, right, watching this. Yeah, the announcing was better. All you know, all that's you got, you got all the cameos, and I mean, <laughs> the crowd, man, like seeing the Adam West Batman. Uh, yeah, right next crew. to a, right next to a flying monkey from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and then like you had you know the Game of Thrones, the White Walkers, right next to Harry Potter, and then you had Iron Giant and King Kong sitting yeah. in the back, and it was just it was cool because there's a lot of like little things, and you, you see the little monsters, the monsters from the first one. Yeah, they show up and they're actually cheering for the for the what they call the Goon Squad, and I think the way they did the villain, the way they did the setup for the for the characters and the video game aspect of it, it was a very good transition from in 1996 mm-hmm. when you didn't have all that. It was just the game. Right. But now you have all these amazing video games on all these platforms that, I mean, God, if we had when we were kids, we'd have never gone outside. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just... Uh, 
I mean, and, I, I, and they're both great movies, and I watched them back to back, and I was like, man, I forgot how good this was, but it's a different world. So, 96, you know, the, the movie took in 230 million worldwide. Um, and that was because the only place you could see it was in the theater. Right. If you wanted to see it, you went yeah. to the theater. And now, considering that number, two weeks, two and a half weeks in, you had 120 million worldwide on New Legacy. Right. And that's saying something because you're off by 110 million, mm-hmm. which is understandable considering all that's happened. Right. With the lockdowns, with the restrictions and stuff like that we've had, you know, movie it we can't judge we're past the point where a box office determines the success of a movie. Right. And and that's kind of what I want to talk that's kind of the next part of what we want to talk about. Um so with the streaming services launching these launching the movies out on all these different ways, right? Disney Plus and Universal, I mean on HBO Max, you know, those are the two major ones that are doing it right now because that's your two biggest studios that are putting movies out right now. So the big controversy comes down to, and, and it, it it's more with Disney plus and Scarlett Johansson. Right. So she just filed a lawsuit against Disney plus cause well against Disney itself, because she feels like they didn't uphold their end of the, of the contract because black widow was supposed to be released and released only in theaters. And and I think that had a lot to do with them pushing back the release of this movie for so long, right? So they they pushed this movie back like a year, waiting for it I, to finally I just release. can't believe they they took this damn long to make that movie. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think it was it took that long to make. I think no, no, I mean it was like pushed in, back in, in the totality of time she's been in the Marvel universe. You're right. Right. Okay. This movie should have come out the year after she did Ghost in the Shell, but it didn't, and we got it now. But like because I said, Ghost it in was the Shell. Released did really well and it showed that people do want to see Scarlett Johansson in a lead role in an action movie. Right. But it it took it took Disney this long to make the movie. And when they finally made it, they finally released it. But they didn't do it in a way that was was contractually they didn't hold up their obligations to the contract. Yeah. And so and the thing is is her her argument and her problem with the company is it guaranteed an exclusive theatrical release. Right. Which is her salary would be based on box office performance. Right. Which, you know, some actors do that. Some just get a flat rate. Some decide to get um, a percentage. Others, you know, royalty rights, things like that, which is, I mean, that's that's how Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford and, and uh, Carrie Fisher and all made their money because they weren't paid very much up front for the first movies. Right. But their contracts gave them the majority of the merchandising Money. And, and Disney so, did this with their Disney did this with their Marvel because it's such a yes. wide universe and such a lot of money to make these movies that they couldn't spend that kind of money on the actors, right? So they gave them deals on the back end of royalties from the movies and merchandising. Yeah. Well, that's what she's suing them for because it didn't get the full release in theaters and it started out to Disney Plus, which affected the box office on this movie. At least that's her big argument. But a week after this movie came out. It tanked, you know. So I mean, I don't know if that was a quality of the movie thing because unfortunately I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Um, as we're I still want to recording go see it in the theater, now. but I mean, look, so far it it's been out for about three weeks now. Yeah, yeah. about three weeks. Maybe July seventh release. So 
worldwide, we're looking at $344 million. That's not a bad haul. No, it's not a bad haul. But what she's saying is the fact that it was released on Disney Plus for families to watch at $30 instead of four tickets at the theater or five tickets at the theater. At $15 a damn ticket. Right. But see, again, this is part of we're in a new world. Right. And COVID really showed us that for theaters to succeed, for box office to succeed, that $15, $16, $20 you pay now for the 3D, for the IMAX or whatever, like IMAX is 24 bucks or some shit like that. Yeah. And it was like, that has to come down. Well, the, you've the, got you've got to get movie tickets ten dollars or less. We've got to get to that point for theaters to survive. Otherwise, it's just not it. People aren't going to pay thirty bucks. I mean, you and I, we can sit there and go rent a pay per view, you know, for right. for sixty bucks, and or we could go to a restaurant, each spend sixty bucks. You yeah. know, same thing for NFL Network. Like, is it worth for me to buy NFL Network for $250 a season? No. Or it depends on what I do, right? It, it, yeah, but if I can go to the, to, the, to the restaurant every week. I mean, if, if you're looking at it that way, yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, you're eating and you're, you're going to need to eat no matter what, right? So, I mean, it, it, it's, it just depends on what, what works for you. But when it comes to movies, you know, we're seeing all these streaming services, too, have their own stuff. Hulu makes their own stuff. Amazon makes their own stuff. Netflix makes yeah. their own stuff. And a lot of it's really good. Well, the quality of it is getting better, right? So Netflix was the first one to really branch into the original content after HBO. Yeah, HBO and, was HBO really started low. it, but I mean, it was mostly series. They didn't really touch the movies too much. Um, but Netflix gave us full-length feature movies on their service for free. Yes, and it gave you know, us some really great their, episodic their stuff, thing, especially so. in the superhero genre. I mean, come on, Daredevil, Punisher, yeah, yeah. and even Jessica Jones and Luke Cage were really freaking good. Yeah. Just in different ways, right? And yeah, Iron Fist happened. It was but, okay. I mean, now let's, get, let's get back to what we were saying, though. Like, I, I feel like her lawsuit is valid. I do, too. Okay. And, and she'll probably win something from them. They'll settle out of court. Oh, yeah. No doubt oh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, they're not going to. But... What should have taken place during this time is they know they're going to have to release this on. Um, yeah. And they were going to have to release this on Disney Plus. So they really should have renegotiated this portion of her contract dealing with this movie. Yeah. And that, that would have been the right thing to do out of the gate. But it's Disney. They're, they're the biggest media company ever to exist. Right. The most, and, obscene th- the most obscene thing I've seen, though, is that they're saying that she didn't get paid right because she's a woman. I've seen that as, I, as I've seen, seen that, that as part too, of it too, and I don't like that take. And Please don't that, do that, folks. That, that's, I, that's not what's going on. It, it's a, it's a, but it's a reaction that everybody makes. Like it, the assumption is always, it's because of the person's skin color or gender that they're paid less. That something's different. Right. That, and look, I no. If this there m- may be some truth to that in 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 diff- whatever the situation is, right? But each situation is different. If this movie would have been released. With theaters full going about six months after Endgame? Not even that. If I'm, it would have been released before Endgame. Okay, but I'm just saying, they, they, you, you keep going before. We can't do before. No, before we can't. Before is not, not the but way right to do it. But right after Endgame would have been really But right after Endgame, good. six months to a year after Endgame, which, which, which was the original plan, but then we had COVID happen, so they delayed the release. And it just kept getting pushed yeah, because back everybody and pushed back and pushed was back. like heartbroken over her dying so, in game. So bring her back 
Right. And you see this movie, this, this and movie, everyone would have gone see it, and this it movie made all made, money. This movie would have made $500 million Oh, easy. Easily. Easy. In the first couple of weeks that it was there. It wouldn't have touched a billion mark, but it, it would have been. I mean, it, you know, when you consider all all international and everything, probably could have got to $600 million. It would have been up there, um, and she would have made her money. You know, but the fact that they didn't release it then, and then they, because of COVID, I mean, is call it what it is, it is, the Chinese virus messed up this movie. Yeah. You know, and we call it's it, messed up a lot. It's messed you know, up I'm a lot. I'm going to steal a line from, you know, the Hosh twins. We, we call it the Chinese virus because it's from China. I mean, actually, I'd say I think we're stealing that from President Trump. Yeah, I know. You know, it's it, in China. It, that's why we call it that. But, um, I mean, that's, that's what messed up the movie. But the contract should have been renegotiated. It should have been done. And Disney just said, you know what? She's not going to sue us. Let's just put it out there. Well, yeah. And well, she sued him. Similar contract issues, uh, so this is from USA Today. I'll put this in the show notes. Uh, similar contract issues have cropped up in the last year. Studios have shifted their releases from during the pandemic. Uh, Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins were reportedly paid $10 million each after Warner or each paid $10 million, yes, after Warner Brothers decided to release 1984 in the theaters and, and set up in theaters on HBO Max. Uh, Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake were also rumored to have been seeking bonuses after Universal's Trolls World Tour was released. Uh, to on demand in 2020 instead of theatrically. And look, I think studios are going to, this is where it's going to be hard for the, for the actors and for the producers and directors is because streaming numbers are very closely guarded mm-hmm. and streaming and subscription services, right? It's, yeah. it's going to be hard to determine because you have your streaming service, right? Yeah, but you it's have, really not, though. But you I'm, have ten thousand titles on Disney Plus. Yeah, but when you when you own it, yeah, when you're Disney and you own Disney Plus, that that's who owns it, right? You know how many times Black Widow was streamed. You know to how yep. many households it went out to. Yep. And each household and, and that, probably watched in it that, three, it's two to three good times. Because then it remember how we we used to see good shows canceled years ago, right? Because whatever right but they were good now good shows are getting a lot more exposure and press and people are watching them and these companies are paying attention to the streaming numbers instead of the nielsen ratings right well and that's why you see a lot of shows that die on network television get bought and redone again redone on for, streaming yeah. for another couple seasons because they know it has some clout to it they know it has that because people are watching it you know, three and four times and they're streaming it. So they're like, hey, we can make a little more money off this show. Yeah. And and, and they're bringing back a lot of old intellectual properties uh, that have just kind of been sent out there. Um, for example, the new He-Man right. show on Netflix. Um, you know what? We should probably do a show on I, that. And I, I haven't had the pleasure, so I, I can't really either. tell you. But it, it's just, uh, you know, especially with the pandemic, it just kind of highlighted a world where we really have shifted to the streaming and again theaters are going to have to adapt yeah they're going to be well gone. i mean if they don't yeah covid will be the death of them i mean well, it's I mean, just going to be what it's going to be in general because people aren't going back to the theaters like we used to they're going back for sure uh, the numbers are picking up but amc barely got the financing they needed like barely yeah so it's um the new model it can be the enemy of the good i don't think it is but what can we do it, it depends to, on to make it better 
And this is where it's going to have to. It, it depends on which side of matter. the edge you fall on, right? So if you're like, oh, theaters are great when you watch it at the theater, then yes, this streaming service stuff is the enemy of the good. If you're like me and you're like, man, I get to I get to rent this kid's movie at home for 30 bucks. Oh, I know. That's for you. That's so much easier. I get to save myself on popcorn and candy and, you know, $40 on tickets for four people to go watch it at a matinee on a Sunday morning. You know, I get to rent it for 30 and, and I save money on snacks and, and drinks and popcorn. And I can pause it and go to the bathroom and I don't miss anything. So, I mean, you know, streaming definitely has its pluses. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Space Jam, good movie. I'm Great. glad it was released on streaming. Um, I enjoyed it. That's how I got to see it because I honestly, I didn't want to spend money to go watch this movie. I was going to if my kids wanted to. But I just didn't want to. I mean, to. I'm glad I watched it, but this is a movie that after watching it, I would have been happy if I spent money at the theater to go see it. Yeah, I wouldn't have hated myself. No. Yeah. And, and you know, like I said, it's, 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 the, it's the intrusion of politics into sports and into entertainment at such a level that it is now that is what's really putting a lot of hesitation in people uh-huh. to go see some of this stuff. I don't care if you like it or not. That's the truth. Yeah. I, you know, you can say, oh, it's the right wing people or, oh, it's the left wing people. Well, that's the whole point that th- those statements right there are the point. And I'm hoping that we can take lessons from this. And I'm very, I was so happy about the positive message in Space Jam. Yeah. And I want that. Can we please keep doing that? Because those are messages that transcend politics. They transcend everything. How to be a good father, how to how to be more receptive to your kids, how to put in the hard work instead of taking the shortcuts. Right? That stuff you don't need a political message right to tell a good story. And if we tell good stories, we're going to teach these kids the things that matter. Those things matter. Yeah. And, and I feel like Space Jam did a good job with that. And I, w- I would like, I, I agree with you on that. I would like to see that more instead of always shoving the political side. Doesn't matter. And it, it ruins the movie. It doesn't matter what side you come from at this movie. point. I, I don't like it. I wish, I hope they cut it out. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, don't Space take away Jam from was the a movie. good movie. Don't take away from the story. You know, yeah, it, I, and and that's the thing. Usually, when something like that is brought into it, it does take away from yeah the the, the message. It does take away from the story, and it makes you dislike it for whatever reason. So yeah, it's it's good to have those things not well, mess it up. What normally it does for me, at least, right? So if I see political messaging, or um, you know, whatever, I it takes what I expect out of the movie. And it raises it because I'm like, am I just going to get some political messaging and it's going to be a crap movie otherwise? Yeah. It needs to give you more at this point. Yeah. So I'm ex- normally if like, oh, a uh, new Space Jam movie. Oh, cool. My expectation is a six. Yeah. Okay. I don't need it to be great. I just need it to be entertaining enough for me to watch the whole thing and enjoy it. But if there's political messaging attached to it, then that six becomes an eight. Because otherwise, I know I'm just going to get some political messaging and not a good movie. Yeah. Go see Space Jam. However you want to see it. Go see, go see it. Great yeah. movie. And 
Hollywood, keep making more good movies like that. Yeah, keep them coming. We're, we're ready to watch them. We're ready to review them. We're ready to tell you how they're the enemy, the good or not. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. So, uh, Space Jam, not the enemy of the good. Nope. Um, streaming, services, streaming services, not fixing your, your actor's contract. Enemy that of is the, good. the enemy of the good. Yep. So, um, and theaters? Or fix- Jury's out, but you got you to gotta improve or you're the enemy of the good. Get your house in order. <laughs> just no just you you can't charge as much to enter your house anymore yeah that's it all right guys well thank you so much for listening we appreciate it uh like share subscribe we're going to be splitting up the podcasts uh very soon we're going to be moving to anchor and then uh enemy the good and fifth down will have their own pages and their own podcast feeds uh instead of us being under one banner so that's going to start uh with the approach of football season but if you like hearing our voice check out both podcasts enemy yeah. of the good and the fifth down yep um fit down is for sports then it meets for everything else yep well there you go guys that's what we got all um, right thank you guys captain take us out deuces this isn't real basketball. You're right, but it's fun. You remember fun, don't you, Doc? Game blouses. What?